4: Today is Tuesday, May 17, 2022. Coming up on Roland Martin on streaming live on the Black Star Network. President Joe Biden goes to Buffalo to address the nation and the grieving families. We will show you some of what he said in denouncing white supremacy. Also, we'll hear from attorney Ben Crump and one of his clients whose mother was shot and killed. And they will tell us what Biden told the grieving families. Also on today's show, uh, replacement theory. A new study shows one-third of the country believes in this white supremacy view also on the show uh why is a young white boy in texas showing up at the black family's home with a whip we're going to show you that video and why the father is in trouble and a white lift driver shows you how to respond to white races folks it's time to bring the funk a roller mark on filter on the black star network let's go he's, got it. Whatever is, he's on
5: it whatever it is.
4: is back in Washington, D.C. President Joe Biden is back in the nation's capital, folks. I'm literally driving by the White House. Uh, Earlier today, he was in Buffalo uh, addressing, uh, first of all, showing his respect, paying respect to the Grieving families, the 10 people shot and killed Saturday in the white domestic terror attack. Uh, in addition to that, President Biden also spoke about uh, white supremacy and its impact on this country and what needs to be done to get rid of it. Uh, one of the folks uh, who was there, of course, was uh, Garnell Whitfield. His mother, Ruth Whitfield, was one of the people shot and killed by this white domestic terrorist. He joins us right now along with attorney, uh, Ben Crump. Uh, Glad to have both of you on the show. Uh, Certainly our condolences, Mr. Whitfield, for what you have uh, had to endure. You're the former fire commissioner there in Buffalo. Uh, It was, uh, it it is always uh, a uh, a difficult task for any sitting president to have to deal with uh, a national tragedy such as this. Uh, So if you uh, give us just an indication of of, of how he was received uh, by the families uh, in today's visit to Buffalo.
6: Thank you for having me. Uh, President Biden was uh, certainly welcomed here. Uh, We're very grateful that he came, uh, expressed his condolences, and identified this as a national uh, issue. Um, We're very thankful for that. Uh, He was very empathetic, uh, and he spoke eloquently um, about white supremacy and a number of things. Uh, But what we would have wanted him to talk about is an anti-hate crime bill for Black persons in this country. And that was not on the uh, table. Uh, and when you say
4: uh, an anti-hate crimes bill for black folks, of uh, course, uh, there was an anti-hate crimes bill uh, that was signed last year. Many people uh, suggest it was the Asian hate crimes bill. But in fact, it wasn't. Uh, but that, that particular bill, though, uh, dealt with the creation of a, uh, of a national database. Uh, how would an anti-hate crimes bill uh, have impacted this. And so, what do you actually want to see uh, Congress do? And what would you want to see the president
7: sign? Uh, speak. I, I think where the families and many people around the nation rolling are calling for the same attention and detail that went into uh, responding to a tragedy affecting uh, Asian-Americans that the Congress immediately acted. Uh, the hope would be that they would make an effort to say we're going to have a anti-black hate crime bill that would specifically say we're going to put a um, department or we're going to put money into looking just at these white supremacist groups that are now starting to proliferate this race replacement theory and going to I guess target black people like Dylan Roof and like this young uh monster who said, My objective was to kill as many black people as I could. And we think that there has to be greater attention from the highest offices and the top leadership in America to say, we gotta do something about this because this is happening too much. They're starting to radicalize these insecure. You know, young people, young white men, to do terrible, senseless acts of violence against black people.
4: But what's but what you're describing in terms of uh, those resources that can actually be done without a deal by Congress? You literally can have a shift of resources. And, and uh, when 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 Trump was there, they actually took money out of the uh, effort targeting white domestic terrorists and shifted towards. Uh, Muslims. Uh, that was an action uh, by by that White House. And so this White House can do that. Uh, the, the reason I'm talking about I think that the particular bill you talk about with Asians, uh, many people—I've heard many African Americans call it an Asian anti-hate crime bill, but it actually wasn't. Asians were not even mentioned in it. That hate crime bill actually covered uh, all folks. Really what it did was, was establish a database. Uh, and so uh, uh, so, again— um you know what you know in terms of a- a allocation of resources uh obviously to deal with this uh, what else uh, do you want to see this president and Congress do uh, as it relates to white domestic terrorism? You've had the FBI director who has testified numerous times before Congress that this is uh, the greatest threat facing America white domestic terrorists
7: Yeah, and it is uh domestic terrorism, we have to call it that but Roland. You know what black people want to hear the president and the democrats who lead congress say that we are going to address this anti-black hate crime in america they want to hear them say that oftentimes they don't say that when it's something where uh jewish americans are attacked they literally come out and say that and we keep you know saying we got to give our people a reason to go to the polls And vote in these midterms. So this was an opportunity. We believe that President Biden should have tried to do everything in his power to assure black people that I'm speaking directly to this issue for your benefit, because I know he wants our support and they need to demonstrate support and Uh, a throated commitment. It should be no question what he's going to use his bully pulpit for on this issue.
4: The thing for me, Garnell, is I I actually don't want to just hear them say something. I want to actually see them do something. Uh, And so um, what else do you and the other uh, family members want to see uh, Congress do, want to see uh, New York State do, want to see uh, Buffalo do? Uh, because the reality is, uh, if law enforcement in New York State uh, had done their job, then they could have filed. Uh, uh, it, it could have filed uh, uh, the proper paperwork that would not have a, that, that would have prevented this uh, 18-year-old man from being able to access a gun. So part of the issue here is also folks being far more aggressive with existing laws uh, to deal with folks like him.
6: Absolutely. There are a number of laws, of use, as you've referenced already on the book, that are not enforced. Um, and so we're asking persons to basically do their jobs, uh, use the authority and the uh, tools that are already in place to help uh, keep our community safe, uh, to monitor these groups and to you know call it what it is and stop beating around the bush uh, and call them out and uh, try to uh, try their best to identify them early on. And when they identify them, do something about it. Don't just let Nobody them, uh, you know, uh, put them away for a moment or two. Uh, just look at them, slap them on the wrist, and put them back out here. This guy had been flagged already. They already knew he had these inclinations, and here he is out back out in the streets uh, acting out on them. So we want them to do their jobs. We want them to hold these people accountable, and we want to be able to hold the elected officials and the persons we're talking to accountable.
7: Yeah, and Roland, I would just add this. You know, I think back after the tragic shootings at Parkland and uh, others like Columbine, you saw there be the congressional hearings. You saw the president go out and asking for action. Uh, it shouldn't be the family's burden to say what should be done. The president and them should actively say, these are solutions that we're going to put out. And I know it's a tough issue, because, you know, you got this polarization in America and, even more, you got this this wave of white supremacy uh, being proliferated by, you know, cable talking uh, heads. You got the websites. But you want to see the same level of engagement when you have mass shootings involving white people when it's predominantly black people. And so that is the hope that we will see that engagement in a profound way. This was a start with the president coming to visit Buffalo today.
4: But here's the reality. We saw more than 20 kids killed in Sandy Hook. We saw what took place uh, there. Uh, in Florida, we saw what took place in Santa Fe, uh, Texas. We've had mass shootings across the country, and frankly, Congress has not done anything when it comes to guns. Republicans have been blocking that. Uh, you could pass a measure dealing with guns in the House, but the reality is, when you have, two, you have a couple of Democrats or other Democrats who are not going to to end the filibuster, uh, and so um, I mean, you know, this is what this country has done. Uh, it has been unwilling. Uh, to deal with guns, and now you have state legislatures uh, that are passing laws allowing for people to carry concealed guns without even having to have a permit. And so, Garnell, that—that's—I mean, so it—it it is as if—I mean, many people said that under Obama, hell, if 20 kids being slaughtered uh, wasn't going to get these folks to move, nothing would. And of course, and ever since then, after that, we saw Mother Emanuel nine. Black folks killed there. Now what just took place uh, in Buffalo Sunday, Saturday, uh, with, with ten to kill as well. It is as if uh, politicians on the federal level do not want to deal with guns. In the president's speech, he talked about uh, uh, when they previously uh, outlawed assault uh, uh, rifles. The question is, uh, can it happen again?
6: Oh. Well, we certainly hope it could happen again. And, uh, again, uh, you know, I, as a victim, should not uh, be charged with coming up a solution to this. We have elected officials mm-hmm. whose job it is uh, to legislate and to make sure that they protect us. Uh, and they're not doing their jobs. And, uh, and you know, we're going to try to bring whatever pressures we can to hold them accountable. Uh, whether it's at the bowls, whatever it is, whatever we have to do to become active in this fight, uh, we want to do that. That's what our family has decided to do. Uh, That's how we're going to channel our energy, our anger, our hurt, uh, our grief into trying to help uh, move this ball forward.
4: And that, of course, uh, is uh, one of the things that uh, is is so important. And so uh, we're going to keep, again, pushing the issue as well. Uh, hopefully, you'll see some action uh, by Congress. Uh, but uh, you know, when it comes to uh, when it comes comes to guns, when it comes to uh, you know white domestic terrorism, uh, this certainly has to be uh, on the front burner. Uh, that is critically important. Uh, and so we'll see uh, what the next step is uh, from President Joe Biden as well as Congress. Uh, Garnell, we appreciate it. Uh, Attorney Ben Crum, we appreciate it as well.
7: Thank you, Roland. And she was an angel of a person. Yes, she was. All right,
4: then we'll again. A condolences uh, to you, your family, as well as the other families uh, who have lost folks in this tragic incident. Thank you, thank Brother you, Martin. thank you. All right, folks, as I said, President Joe Biden was in Buffalo today. Uh, he spoke for almost 20 minutes. Uh, here is some of what he said today in speaking to the families and addressing the nation
8: in America, evil will not win, I promise you. Hate will not prevail, and white supremacy will not have the last word. For the evil did come to Buffalo. It's come to all too many places. Manifesting gunmen who massacred innocent people in the name of hateful and perverse ideology, rooted in fear and racism. It's taken so much. Ten lives cut short in a grocery store. Three other wound, three or three other wounded by a hate-filled individual who had driven 200 miles from Binghamton in the, that range to carry out a murderous, racist rampage that he would live stream, live stream to the world. What happened here is simple and straightforward. Terrorism. Terrorism. Domestic terrorism violence inflicted in the service of hate and the vicious thirst for power that defines one group of people being inherently inferior to any other group. A hate that through the media and politics, the internet has radicalized, angry, alienated, lost and isolated individuals into falsely believing that they will be replaced — that's the word — replaced by the other by people who don't look like them and who are, therefore, in a perverse ideology that they possess and being fed lesser beings. I and all of you reject the lie. I call on all Americans to reject the lie. And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. That's what it is. We've now seen too many times the deadly and destructive violence this ideology unleashes. We heard the chants, you will not replace us in Charlottesville, Virginia. I wasn't going to run, as the senator knows, again for president. When I saw those people coming out of the woods or the fields in Virginia, in Charlottesville, carrying torches, shouting, you will not replace us, accompanied by white supremacists, and carrying Nazi banners. That's when I said, no, no. And I, honest to God, those who know me, Chuck, you know, I wasn't going to run, for certain. But I was going to be darned if I was going to let anyway. I'm going to get going. Look, we've seen the mass shootings in. Charleston, South Carolina, El Paso, Texas, in Pittsburgh, last year in Atlanta, this week in Dallas, Texas, and now in Buffalo, in Buffalo, New York. White supremacy is a poison. It's a poison <laughs> running through our — it really is. Running through our body politic. And it's been allowed to fester and grow right in front of our eyes. No more. I mean, no more. We need to say as clearly and forcefully as we can that the ideology of white supremacy has no place in America. None. And look, failure for us to not say that — failure in saying that is going to be complicity. Silence is complicity. It's complicity. We cannot remain silent. Our nation's strength has always come from the idea. It's gonna sound corny, but think about it. What's the idea of our nation? we're all children of God. All life, liberty, our universal goods, gifts of God. We didn't get it from a government, we got it from because we exist. We we're called upon to defend them. The venom of the haters and their weapons of war, the violence and the words and deeds of the, the, they, that stalk our streets, our stores, our schools. This venom, this violence cannot be the story of our time. We cannot allow that to happen. Look, I'm not naive. I know tragedy will come again. It cannot be forever overcome. It cannot be fully understood either. But there are certain things we can do. We can keep assault weapons off our streets. We've done it before. I did it when we passed the crime bill last time. And violence went down. Shootings went down. You can't prevent people from being radicalized to violence. But we can't address the relentless exploitation of the Internet to recruit and mobilize terrorism. We just need to have the courage to do that, to stand up. Look, the American experiment and democracy is in a danger like it hasn't been in my lifetime. It's in a danger this hour. Hate and fear are being given too much oxygen by those who pretend to love America, but who don't understand America. To confront the ideology of hate requires caring about all people, not making distinctions. Reverend, the scripture is seeing that we're all part of the divine. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the America I know, that Jill knows, and most deserve the most — we de- look, we're the most multiracial, most dynamic nation in the history of the world. Now's the time for the people of all races, from every background, to speak up as a majority in America and reject white supremacy. These actions we've seen in these hate-filled attacks represent the views of a hate-filled minority. We can't allow them to distort America, the real America. We can't allow them to destroy the soul of the nation. As President of the United States, I travel the world all the time, and other nations ask me, heads of state in other countries, ask me, what's going on? What in God's name happened on January 6th? What happened in Buffalo? What happened? They'll ask. We have to refuse to live in a country where black people going about a weekly grocery shopping can be gunned down by weapons of war, deployed in a racist cause. We have to refuse to live in a country where fear and lies are packaged for power and for profit. We must all enlist in this great cause of America. This is work that requires all of us, presidents, politicians, commentators, citizens. None of us can stay in the sidelines. We have to re- resolve that here in Buffalo, that from the tragedy, this tragedy, will come hope and light and life. It has to, and that on our watch, the sacred cause of America will never bow, never break, never bend. The American we love, the one we love, will endure. So, to the families, from your pain, may we find purpose to live life worthy of the loved ones you lost. From a hymn based on the 91st Psalm, the song of my church. May he raise you up on eagles' wings and bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of his hand. That's my wish for us. We can do this if we resolve to do it, if we take on the haters and those who don't even care. It's just about profit and politics. May the soul of the fallen, rest in peace and rise in glory. And may God guide the United States of America now and always. To the families, as my grandpop used to say when I walked out of his home in Scranton, he'd say, Joey, spread the faith. And my grandma would yell, no, Joey. I mean, he'd say, keep the faith. And my grandma would say, no, Joey, spread the faith. We're thinking of you. Hold on each other tightly. Stick together. You'll get through this, and we'll make Buffalo and the United States a better place to live than it is today.
9: Staff Santiago Ali, former
4: senior advisor for the EPA, Teresa Lundy, T-Mobile Communications, tomorrow Sol- Solomon Simmons, attorney, also co-founder, of Justice for Greenwood. Let's um. Well, we we talk about uh, this speech, obviously people have been ...honored him calling out white supremacy. Mustafa, was that enough?
3: No, it was not enough. I appreciate um, him going to Buffalo. I appreciate, you know, sharing with the country that, you know, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, excuse me, white domestic terrorism is real and it's happening. But we also got to get down to the brass tacks. You know, the Department of Justice actually funded a study that came out in February of 2022, which actually talked about mass shootings that were increasing. And they talked about inside of that a number of different dynamics that are going on. We also know that hate crimes are increasing. So what I need to hear from the president is how we are going to increase the resources to the organizations and to the states to actually make sure that we are building real capacity to address this issue. Are we uh, making sure that there are more FBI agents and more folks at the Department of Justice who are actually focused on these issues? And what are the steps that that they can share, because I know they can't share everything, to address this? Are we actually also going to deal with these social media platforms and also television platforms that continue to create this fertile ground uh, for this supremacy to actually not just be planted, but to grow, because they water it night after night after night, morning after morning after morning. Uh, And then you find individuals who start to... Uh, believe in this ideology or to grow it out. So I need to hear about how we're going to actually stamp this stuff out, Um, because if we're not willing to do that, then we're going to continue to see more folks who are going to die, um, because you're actually sending a message um, that, you know, it's not really that big a deal. You know, folks will sometimes say the right things, but then when you look at their actions, you can find out if this is truly a priority to be addressed. Teresa?
10: Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, um, it's it's almost to the point of how many times do we have to ask uh, our commander-in-chiefs, our, you know, U.S. senators, our congressmen um, to actually stand up and do what they have the power to do, right? I think, you know, as voters and as citizens, you know, we are asking, you know, for change. We're asking for them to really do their jobs. And so, you know, as we even come up to an election, Um, for the primary election, we need to be asking them the same things, asking them the same questions, not the day of, not the week before, or not when a tragedy happens, but prior to. So we can see if they are the right elected officials that on day one, they will get it done.
11: Demario. Completely disappointed. You know, last year, Joe Biden, President Biden, came down here to Tulsa. He gave a similar speech. Didn't did, did move the needle. He didn't announce any particular policies or processes or resources, Mustafa has stated. He did the same thing here as performative. It's a waste of time. You know, I want to hear him talk about doubling the DOJ's budget, as Mustafa talked about, to deal with these issues. I want to hear him call upon the congressional leaders to utilize the 14th Amendment to kick out of Congress those known white supremacists who are in Congress today. <laughs> they have the power to do it, they refuse to do it. I want to hear him talk about actually going after uh, Fox News and Tucker Carlson and those individuals. And I want to hear him stop saying that this is antithetical to American democracy. This is what American democracy has always been about, the destruction, the terrorism, the killing, the maiming of Black people. Anti-Black racism is as American as anything else. We have to be honest about that. This speech is a complete disappointment. It means nothing. It moved the needle. No policies were provided. No resources were provided. He could have just stayed in Washington, D.C., as far as I'm concerned. Uh,
4: You talked about, uh, first of all, he did mention, uh, what he did mention specifically uh, media outlets or politicians or individuals who, when you talk about this whole issue of uh, replacement theory, Senator Chuck Schumer did give a speech on the floor of the U.S. Senate today. In fact, sent a letter uh, to... Uh, The top officials at Fox News specifically calling them out. This
12: is what he had to say on the Senate floor. Right, MAGA Republicans argue that people of color in minority communities are somehow posing a threat, a threat to the American way of life. This is replacement theory in a nutshell. It is dangerous and a deeply anti-American worldview. It is poisoning minds... People's minds who spend hours wandering the darkest wastelands of the Internet. And let's be clear, it's a message that has also found a special home in several right-wing outlets and on one cable news channel in particular, Fox News. In a craven quest for viewers and ratings, organizations like Fox News have spent years perfecting the craft of stoking cultural grievance and political resentment that eerily mirrors the messages found in replacement theory. Fox's top political pundit, Tucker Carlson, has spewed rhetoric that echoes replacement theory at least 400, 400 times on his show since 2016. This is a poison that's being spread by one of the largest news organizations in our country. If organizations like Fox News truly want to condemn this weekend's violence, they need to stop spreading ideas like replacement theory on their shows. We see, sadly, unfortunately, and on several, all too many occasions, what happens when these views are given a platform. Every single media pundit, every single elected politician, and indeed, every single voice of influence in this country should band together to stomp views like replacement theory out of existence.
4: That uh, uh, Tucker Carlson then invites Senator Schumer onto his show. Uh, but uh, Mustafa, Schumer says, nah, I'm good. He said, just, st- just stop talking about it. That's, co- that's being specific. Can't hear you, Mustafa. Guys, what's going on? All right, can go you hear ahead. me? Yeah, now we can hear you.
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate Senator Schumer not going on to the show, because there's no reason. You know, you got folks on, like, Fox News and some of these other outlets that continue to... They're almost like a pusher. You know what I'm saying? They, they continue to feed individuals this drug of racism, um, and, and they just you know, why would you want to hang out with that type of situation? They're not interested in an honest conversation. They're not interested in exploring the policies and the increases in policy and expansion of policy that's necessary to protect black people. Um, So I wouldn't spend any time on that show either. Every time they call me, I say, no, thank you, because there's nothing positive that's going to come out of there. But yet millions of people do watch every night, and they continue to get their fix. They get their fix of racism, they get their fix of white supremacy, Um, and and they get their fix of extremism. Can you imagine if we had a network that had Muslim brothers and sisters on there, you know, from other countries, uh, you know, who were sharing certain things? They would shut it down. They would shut it down if black folks were actually having a network that talked about the overthrow of the United States government uh, and all these other types of negative actions that, you know, break democracy down, even though it has never been perfect. Um, so folks have to make a decision. Are we going to allow this type of uh, information, false information and misinformation to continue to be spread? And if you are, then we're going to continue to get these types of actions that happen that take black lives away. And then, of course, there were also a couple of uh, uh, white folks who lost their life also, even though that wasn't the main focus of the of the killer. Um, they were coming after our folks. So we just got to start having honest conversations about entities that no longer have a place in the 21st century America if we're truly going to be the America that everybody keeps talking about that we can be.
4: Uh, I do think it is important, uh, Teresa, to call people out specifically, call out uh, specific politicians. Uh, and, and, and look, uh, you know, Biden spoke in general, uh, but if he doesn't want to do it, fine. Guess what? Pelosi needs to do it. Schumer needs to do it. This, that type of action needs to take place. You cannot uh, make racists comfortable. You can't coddle them. You must go after them head-on.
10: Yeah, I mean, it's essentially the the same uh, messaging as cancel culture, right? I think so many times we've uh, kind of gone through, you know, probably the pandemic has shown us the most uh, opportunity that we could use with a hashtag on social media. So I think if there is enough voices, enough influence and enough power... Um, that is circulating around this issue that, you know, the removing of um, uh, controversial speeches actually take place, then likely we can probably, you know, go back to, you know, some of the talking points that Joe Biden has said when he was in New York about unity and, you know, coming together. But half the battle is if we, we we aren't unified in some of these statements, if we're not calling it out as we see it or as we are dealing with it, and if we keep allow the pro- allowing the program to just enhance itself, listen, there has been polls that has been given to show, you know, how influential influential um, of an influencer that Tucker Carlson is, right? He went from a day, uh, a nighttime show to now have a daytime show. Why? Because more people want to hear that type of rhetoric because I'm not sure why, but they're making it convincing enough. So there are analytics, there are numbers, there are data that is specifically watching the turn of events <coughs> happen. And so if we don't cancel Tucker and the many other mediums, right, it's just not Fox News. We have an, an entire other, you know, social platforms that are doing the same community forums and blogs and, you know, all these digital mediums that are also playing a part. But again, the loudest of the voice is the one that, um, that, that that millions are watching, (coughs) you know, a lot of backers, a lot of funding is uh, behind it.
4: Uh, DeMario, again, you got to call folks out and you got to be specific in doing it, and it has to be consistent, specific and consistent.
11: And it needs to come from the top. And, I mean, yes, Schumer, Pelosi, it needs to come from President Biden. But here's the same man that last week was talking about he wished he could go back to a time when he was able to have lunch with segregationists. Here's the same man in a speech you just showed us said that this is the worst of American democracy that he can remember in his lifetime. A newsflash, he's 78 years old. 78 years ago, we couldn't even vote. We had Jim Crow. We had all type of lynchings going on on a daily basis in America. He is not able to stand up to the time that we're in right now. We need a dynamic leader who speaks clearly and conspl- and, and, and plainly about the issue. And I don't want to even care about this term, replacement theory. We need to stay focused. This is anti-black white supremacy. This is not the same as what they're talking about, the people coming over the board and all that. This is the hatred of black people that has been going on since we were snatched and stolen and brought over to this country. We have to be very, very clear. And another thing is, we have to, as as a people, black people have a conversation and a plan on how we're going to protect ourselves during this particular time because the federal government is refusing to do it. So the speeches on the House floor, where is the policy? Where is the legislation? Where is the resources to go in and make sure that this stuff does not happen? And let me just say this very, very clearly. They keep trying to say this is a lone wolf, this is one white guy. Man, this is a concerted effort. There is no way an 18-year-old kid could have the wherewithal to do everything he did and be shot numerous times by the police officer. It didn't go into his body, but you know the impact of having an actual shot hit your body and he still had the training to withstand that fire back and continue on his mission. Man, we had some ter- terrible, scary times and our leaders are not stepping up to the plate.
4: Well, one of the things that we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break. When we come back we're gonna talk about uh, a-, a poll from the Associated Press that breaks down how a third of the country supports and believes in replacement theory that's how deeply embedded this white supremacist view is in america you're watching Roland martin unfiltered on the black star network
10: on A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie. Summertime when the living is easy. Or is it? Summer vacations, class reunions, kids and summer camp. All fun, but stressful. You need to get into a summer mindset and have a plan. Oh yes. Our panel gives us their favorite summer planning hacks. On the next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie here at Black Star
1: Network. Pull up a chair. Take your seat. The Black with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network.
6: Hi, I'm Eldie Barge. Hey, yo, peace world, what's going on? It's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered.
4: Associated Press and uh, the NRC Center for Public Affairs Research uh, released this study. Uh, it is called Immigration Attitudes and Conspiratorial Thinkers, a study issued.
2: Anniversary of the
4: Associated Press North Center for Public Affairs Research. When you look at this particular study, it lays out that roughly one in three adults agree that a group of people is trying to replace native-born Americans with immigrants for electoral gains. A similar share, twenty-nine percent, also expressed concern that an increase in immigration is leading to a is leading to native-born Americans losing economic, political, and cultural influences. These two key measures tap into the core arguments of replacement theory, a decades-old idea which posits that there is a group of powerful people in this country who are trying to permanently alter the culture and voting strength of Native-born Americans by bringing in large groups of immigrants. The study indicates about 1 in 5, 17%, adults agree with both of these central tenets. Most Americans cite a lack of economic opportunity, 93%, poverty, 92%, and violent crime, 91%, as motivating factors for why immigrants leave their country, while just two-thirds cite the impacts of climate change. Now, let's unpack that. <clears throat> when you talk about this one-third, you're talking largely about the Republican Party. Now, what I find to be real interesting, Teresa, is these people calling themselves native-born Americans. Because if we really want to have a conversation about replacement theory, Native Americans were replaced by white Europeans. That's, I mean, that's the absolute perfect example of replacement theory.
10: Yeah. I. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I love both sides of the aisle, um, and I think... There is no both sides.
4: I mean, I mean, I mean, Native Americans were replaced, killed off by white folks from Europe.
10: Right. So, here's where I was going with it. Both sides, as in the talking points here. I think Republicans are very, um making a very conservative effort to uh, try to have like a blend factor of what they feel is uh primarily the 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 right terminology of how they want to blend with a culture um, where they feel like you know I feel like that the I don't know, I just feel like their, their messaging is, is more so catered to, you know, this, we are in this together even though we dominated you in so many words. So it's kind of where I am on that.
4: Okay, I'm still confused.
10: So am I. Uh,
4: I mean, I'm not, first, no, I'm confused I, with the answer. I'm not confused with what, what's going on here. What is fundamentally going on here are white folks are saying, this is ours. And we don't want nobody to take what's ours. And what I'm saying is, y'all white folks, you're visitors. You actually took this country from Native American people. That's what actually happened. So the very people who are complaining about immigrants are immigrants. That's who That's why I find this to be uh, utterly laughable, DeMario. They are immigrants. That's who they are. And they don't want to own up to that. And so what they're operating is from a position of this is our country. Hell, if you really want to start breaking this thing down, okay, if you really want to start just really breaking the country down, a significant part of the southwestern United States was Mexico. If you want to talk about uh, Louisiana and literally middle America, Louisiana Purchase, hell. That was France. If we really want to start talking about how the United States was conceived, uh, and so this, uh, this idea of replacement theory, hell, the entire country was damn... This whole country was replacement theory. It was built on replacement theory. It was completely destroying Native Americans to take
11: it over. Sorry, I read I a history that, book. I think that's what Teresa is saying.
10: I think... Oh, go ahead, Teresa. Yeah, so I agree with that, but I also think there... I mean, we look at gentrification today, right? Gentrification today is if folks decide to... Um, and, again, and I, guess, I guess white people decide that they want to change an area and make it better, they are absolutely replacing, you know, black and brown people. But they don't call it replacement. They call it improvement. And so some of their talking points is, is you know, this... Essentially, I mean, what is the song that we, they had to sing in elementary school? This land is our land. You know, it's just like, you know, it, it's it's not, you know, going back to Christopher Columbus. Like, we, we have so much American history that says, yes, we came here, we replaced it, um, and we've upgraded or, or we made our claim to it because you didn't realize what you had. And so I think Republicans make it very clear that you know, our talking, their talking points, not ours, their talking points is very clear. Um, that you know, we're not saying re- replacement didn't happen. We're just saying don't use that word. But no, no, if- no, no, no. no.
4: They, they, no, no, no. Let's be clear. They don't even want to own up to actually what happened. No, their position is exactly what I have been saying. That scene from The Good Shepherd. That is. Th- th- uh, when he said, "What do y'all have?" The United States, the rest of y'all are just visiting. They white white Americans have this view that this ours, this right. ours. Right. Th- this is this is their view, Demario. We built yeah. this. When in fact, right. you didn't build it. You you didn't build it. You actually stole it that's what actually happened you didn't build it and so that's what you have and so what they're now saying is we built this and we don't want nobody else coming in when the reality is guess what white people ain't having babies and you cannot and and what we're discussing right now in the United States Europe has been dealing with in the last 10 to 15 years where European nations have not been happy at all with African immigration. Well, guess what, Italians, Germans, Irish, the French, y'all stop screwing. So your your countries literally are (laughs) diminishing because your population is diminishing. Anybody who understands basic math knows You cannot continue to have a country if you are dwindling in population. You actually have to have an influx of new people. White folks ain't about to start having five, eight, 10 kids each to try to catch up. It ain't happening. So the future of America is going to be based upon immigration. Why? Because the past was based upon immigration.
11: I think we're missing the point. I think we're missing the point. This is not about replacement. This is not about babies. This is about power. and oh, white no, no, people. No, no. Have we're not shown missing the point. The last that's all... Years. That's a, no, that's all a part of it. No, we ain't yeah, missing the, the point. But, don't, but the numbers doesn't matter. White people have shown for the last 500 years throughout this... throughout the nation, throughout the world, they don't mind being an American minority as long as they can maintain power. That's why everything that they're doing now is to enshrine minority rule. And that's why we got to stay focused on what is really happening here. It is white supremacy. You know, when we use the new terms, replacement theory, I don't even get into all of that because it's good old-fashioned white supremacy. Right. That it they've has, been practicing but, but, for 500 years. But, but, but so see, but here's... Package is different. Right, but... but, but, right, up, but I think that's what Teresa was saying. They're packaging up in a way to say, oh, Native-born American, Native Af- Americans. So they don't have to come out and say, hey, us white people don't want to not be in power anymore. Yes, and right and right and about- what, and, and what and what I'm saying well first of all obviously when you control
4: the media apparatus then you can frame the conversation any way you want to frame it right. because that's the whole deal what, what what I am saying though is we have to call it what it is and, right. and and understanding exactly what's going on here part of the part of the problem here Mustafa as I've watched this again is when people sort of want to dance around it for instance, I have said for years that you got to tell folks in media, stop being afraid to say white. The whole conversation we had last week on the the working class, oh, they've used that as a phrase instead of saying white. You mean white, just go ahead and say white. But the reality is, because everything in America, anything that's been deemed uh, non-black or uh, 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 non-Latino, they call it mainstream, you people say, oh, mainstream media. No, white media. They mainstream. That's say mainstream media, multicultural. Well, multicultural mean people of color. What the hell is this? White. We got to force people to call it like it actually it is. And that's been part of the deal. This, This, this unwillingness to actually say white, white
3: voters, white power, white, white nationalism,
4: families. white supremacy.
3: Exactly. I mean, we just got to put it out there and call it for what it is. And, you know, it is a part of the misinformation and disinformation. We often talk about, you know, how that plays out from the Republican side of the equation, but we've also had our own sets of folks uh, who play into this misinformation by not just telling it like it is and trying to sugarcoat it and trying to do all these other types of things um, to to lessen what what the reality of the situation is. Part of that disinformation is also what's currently being shared. So, yes, you know, America is is becoming uh, browner, but yet there's still three, what is it, 309 million people who live in our country. Almost 200 million of those folks are still white. Um, so when folks try and talk about, you know, the, that you're being replaced, well, that's not true. Not in this moment. Yes, there are more black and brown folks who are having babies, but you still are the majority. When they talk about the economic side of the equation, you know, two years ago, the last study that I looked at, You know, the median wealth uh, income for a white family was around $188,000, but for black families, it was around $24,000. So you still are in control of the vast majority of the wealth that's happening in our country. When you look at who runs the Fortune 500 companies, who runs most of, you know, the higher-level businesses and other entities in our country, it is not black and brown folks. It's white folks. So you still control much of the narrative, you control much of the resources, and now you see that there is a changing of the guard, if you will, uh, and some folks are getting nervous about that. My thing is, if you treated folks right from the beginning, you'd have nothing to fear whatsoever, because folks will remember that you are actually an ally, that you are a true brother or sister. So maybe folks are getting real nervous because they see how they've treated others in the past and are worried that folks might treat them that way in the future. But see,
4: here's the deal. This, this is even not about you're still in the majority. They don't want to give up anything. Again, all you have to do is go back in American history. During the Reconstruction period, it was like, yeah, all right, we're going to pass these laws. But look, we ain't trying to give up nothing. They ain't trying to give up nothing. Then all of a sudden, when Mississippi, black people were reelected in Mississippi. Constitutional Convention, 1890, oh, hell no, we, uh-uh, we ain't, we tired of these Negroes being elected to, uh, to Congress uh, and to the U.S. Senate and to the State House. And, and No, 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 we about to change the Mississippi Constitution because it's too many of them being elected. Lynchings, what, lynchings were largely about, wasn't about whistling at a white woman, they were angry with the economic advances of black people. Even when black people were making money selling to other black people, it was how dare y'all make money. That's what Tulsa was about. Them white folks were mad at Greenwood. How dare y'all sit here and in the midst of Jim Crow create your own thriving community. Damn that, we got to burn this sucker down. And so what we're, di- so, but, the, but the problem, Teresa, folks want to dance around this. No, this is why media narratives matter. And so this is why calling it what it is. At every juncture, Tucker Carlson has to be called a white supremacist. At every juncture, Fox News has to be called white nationalist network news. And what people should be doing, black people, Okay, Uh, conscious white folks, Latinos, conscious white Latinos should be saying to any advertiser spending money on Fox News, how dare you support white supremacy? Not this whole, oh, no, don't put the ass on Tucker show. No, don't put the ass on a whole damn network. They should become pariahs. That's what should happen. But see, I'm I'm not sure if folks really want to go that hard. Right.
10: And likely not because, I I mean, essentially, if you have someone like Tucker Carlson, uh, with the amount of influence and the amount of followers and, um, and just, you know, resources available, you know, to-to make those type of statements and make those type of theories, that means somebody in the back end and higher office at Fox News actually believe in what he's saying. So they keep elevating him. They keep giving him a platform. And they're like, hey, don't go too hard, but just go enough so we make our point very clear and watch the results. So again, it's not just Tucker. I I think Tucker is just a spokesperson for an entire community that we do not see. And for me, that's probably the most scariest part, the back end office of who's making the decisions, who is allowing these statements to go across. So we really need to be looking at the CEOs, the decision makers, that is allowing Tucker Carlson to stay there because there's just not enough pressure. There's just not enough, uh, you know, uh, just really just pressure all around that is making these executives change their decision to giving him two shows
4: Oh, no, look, look, let's be real clear. I mean, the New York Times literally uh, just laid that out in a very long piece, in a very long piece detailing uh, how uh, that show has become the top show, and they laid out in the article uh, how uh, executives uh, at Fox News study the numbers minute by minute. They want to know exactly what people are watching. I, I'll tell you, DeMario, uh, the reason I know this is, this is the case, uh, when I was at CNN, uh, CNN executives would tell me, oh, what is... Th- they, they would tell me uh, why they wanted me on certain shows. And they told me, John Klein, uh, who was the, the president of CNN US, told me point blank, we can look at the minute by minute and all of a sudden, if there is a spike, the first thing we say is, what was being talked about and who was on. He said, we will go back and see, oh, you were on. They literally told me that. And so what Fox is doing, Fox is looking at the numbers. Oh, what is Tucker talking about? That's why the New York Times even broke down how on his show, they've even uh, greatly decreased even having guests on the show, really focused on letting him run with monologues uh, to break this whole thing down. That's what they, and so, and and here's the piece. This is not just Tucker Carlson, uh, because he ain't that bright, let's just be real clear. I mean, he's a trust fund baby, he ain't bright. And so this is a network that is actually earning billions because of white supremacy, Lachlan Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. There's a board of directors at Fox as well. That's what you're dealing with here. And so you have to look at the entire apparatus. They also drive conservative media. So who picks up on this? Steve Bannon's of the world, OANN, Newsmax, all these other bloggers. The entire conservative media ecosystem, which then drives the conservative politics which drives conservative philanthropy. It's all driven based upon white supremacy.
11: Absolutely, and you know what's a sad deal is pretty complicated because, as you stated, the companies that are funding by advertising dollars have lots of black people working there. They have, lo- you know, the the particularly the consumer companies. They're using our athletes and our entertainments to push their goods. And we're so intertwined into this system that it's very difficult for us to stand outside and really understand what are our unique, specific interests that need to be taken care of. So it's very difficult for people who have a big position, you know, we call them exceptional Negroes, enrolling at these corporations and say, hey, make a decision. Say we're not going to actually uh, provide any more advertising dollars to Fox News. You know it's very difficult, but again, I want to go back to our elected leaders. But hold on, hold on, you hold on. No, no, no. No, no. No, no. no, hold on, let me no, no, no. wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait,
4: wait. The reason the reason I don't want you to move off of that because you left out something. What's do you, that? Do, uh, Mustafa, do you have cable news? Yes, I do. Teresa, do you have cable news? Yes. Demario, do you have cable news?
11: Yeah, through Sling. Yes,
4: I guess so. <laughs> you're paying for Fox News. Automatically. Automatically. Here's what people don't understand. More than 50% of a cable network's revenue comes from subscription fees. Every single month, so here's the deal. If Fox News is, let's see here. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up here. I'm gonna show you so you can, let's see, how much does Fox News get per subscriber? That's why there's something called UnFox My Cable Box. Okay? Now we're not talking about, we're not talking about people who are paying for Fox Nation, five dollars We're talking about is how much they're making. So this is a 2020 daily cost story. And what people don't understand is that Fox gets what's called carriage fees. Meaning if there are, if Fox is in, let's say, um, 90 million homes, 90 million homes. That's, so here it is. This is Angela Caruso. This is a tweet that he actually sent out and this is on March 30, 2020. So this is what it says. MSNBC gets 33 cents per cable subscriber, okay? So that means that if, if MSNBC is in, let's say, 100 million homes, okay? That means that MSNBC is getting 33 cents for each, for all 100 million, every single month and let's say the carriage agreement is a five to seven year carriage agreement. That means that MSNBC is going to get that money every single month for five to seven years. CNN gets anywhere between 70 and 90 cents per month per cable subscriber. Fox News gets more than 2 dollars a month per cable subscribers so if Fox News is so if Fox News and when you say carry what I mean by that people watching that means Xfinity Charter that means Comcast Verizon AT&T all the cable systems in America that means that if they're getting two dollars a month Fox News from cable, from money that you're paying. That means that when you pay your cable bill, $2 of your cable bill is going to Fox News every month. So, for everybody who's watching and everybody who's on this panel, if you are paying for cable news, you are actually funding Fox News. So, if they are in 100 million homes, that means that Fox News is receiving $200 million a month in cable subscription or carriage fees. That means that they are receiving more than $1 billion a year. We ain't even talking about advertising solely from cable fees. That's why there are people out there who are saying unbundle cable, who are saying I want to be able to drop Fox News from my system. That's why when DirecTV dropped OANN, they lost it and they got pissed off. Why? Because 90% of the revenue of right wing, crazy, deranged OANN were derived from the cable, from the carriage fees ATT were paying them by carrying them on DirecTV. So the reality is, it's not just the advertisers. We, if you're paying for cable, you are funding Fox News. Now, DeMario, go ahead.
11: Well, you just taught me something there. I, I, have, I don't have cable, so I'm, I'm glad I'm not paying for No, 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 Fox no, 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 News. you actually do.
4: If, if you check your system, if Fox News is on your Sling TV, the monthly fee that you pay, some of that money is going to Fox News.
11: I don't know if they're there. I've never watched them. But I will say this. I want to get back to our elected officials. You asked a question earlier should Chuck He decided not to go on Tucker Carlson's show. I think he should have done that. He should have went on there as a white leader and talked to the people that Tucker Carlson, talk to, Tucker Carlson talks to on a daily basis. It doesn't matter what Tucker Carlson says; It's about the audience to get on there and go into the lion's den and tell these folks what they're doing is wrong and that he's going to do something about it. Because at the end of the day, as, as consumers, we could try to boycott. We could say, un, unbundle us, to, to fox those things. But we have elected a leaders that we've elected they have power that they're not utilizing. I'm tired of seeing them give speeches and tweets. Make legislation, fight for it. Even if it goes down in flames and it doesn't be voted on voted out of committee or whatnot, still fight for it. File lawsuits. File lawsuits based upon I mean, you know, the Thirteenth Amendment. Not only did it outlaw enslavement, unless you get a felony, of course, but it also outlaws the vestiges of slavery, the the badges of slavery. And this is the things that Fox and these other organizations promote, the badges of slavery. File lawsuits on them. If we lose them, that's okay. but still fight. Again, get these non-white supremacists out of Congress. The 14th Amendment, I believe it's Section 3, gives the Congress the power to do it. Yet... The congressional leader, Nancy Pelosi, she's last week quoted the video. We saw it. I saw it. I'm sure you saw it, rolling. She's saying, no, we need a good, strong Republican Party. Why? We need strong people that want to be good for the American people, give us health care, education, access to jobs, and keep us safe. Not necessarily if they need to be Republicans or Democrats. That does not matter. These people have shown that they don't care about America, democracy. They care about power, period. Now,
4: now, 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 this is where I agree. Where I agree, uh, where I agree uh, with DeMario, uh, I do believe in taking the fight to where they are. Um, uh, and that is, Senator Schumer should have said, sure, Tucker, let's go. Let's go. See, y'all got to understand, Fox News don't call me. There's a reason. Oh, there's a reason. I, I can tell you right now, Several people who've gone on Tucker Carlson's show. Um, uh, Jason, University of Maryland. Uh, Jason uh, actually uh, is on Tucker's uh, sh- show a lot. Jason told Tucker, uh, Tucker like, oh, uh, I don't think he likes me. Jason said, no, 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 invite him. Y'all, they, Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson? They're like, no, nah, we ain't inviting him. We ain't inviting that one. Because see, I need everybody to understand, When Roger Ailes started Fox News, Roger Ailes positioned the network to where his anchors never lose. So what they would do is they wanted a black foil. So y'all remember how they would always have a new Black Panther party on? And they they would always complain about the new Black Panther? Well, they were the only ones who was booking the new Black Panther party. They were using them as a foil to drive their agenda. And so their strategy, and I'm, and I'm not calling anybody who's gone on Fox, I'm not calling you weak, but I'm trying to explain to you how they book. They purposely don't want strong black voices. What they want is they want black voices who are going to be, get, either be combative or be weak and not engage them and go to war with them with words. And so that's what they do. And so if you all of a sudden, you too strong, yeah, don't invite her back. Because, see, their whole deal, they want to make black people look incompetent. They want to make black people look crazy, deranged, loud, yelling, screaming. What they can't handle is when someone comes on and is providing a level of facts. That's why uh, Kennedy, libertarian, yeah, she ain't going to call Roe. None of them going to call me. The only Fox show that I've done more than once, uh, I did Bill O'Reilly's show several times before I went on CNN. Uh, Megyn Kelly had me on her show because after, when, they, they, uh, when Roger Ailes fired, uh, they were like, they were going to give her anything that she wanted. and She's like, mm, put on Roland Martin. And then they had me on several times. But I'm going to show you all what they do. What they do is they had me on, and right before I went on the air, uh, we need you to take this position. That's not my position. Well, uh, uh, like, they were frantic. They wanted me to support something Hillary Clinton. I'm like, I don't support it. What are you talking about? See, I got to understand the game that's being played. What you're seeing on Fox is deliberate manipulation. It is state-sponsored propaganda. That's what you're seeing. And so in order to counter that, you got to be willing to take them on. And so people lose sight of this fact. And so that's what they're... And understand, they drive Republican politics. Uh, um, Iowa, Grassley, Mustafa, he literally said during the confirmation hearings, the only goal in opposing, uh, uh, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson was to get on Fox News. He said it. He literally said it. And so... We just have to understand what we're up against. When you have the highest rated cable network, not cable news, cable network, they are a disinformation propaganda vehicle that then drives the entire conservative ecosystem. And so that's the war that we are in, Mustafa, and we gotta understand how they're being funded. You go
3: after the money, you're able to shut down the propaganda machine. Exactly. It's always about understanding the game and, and, the, and the players that are in the game. You know, we have all kinds of tools that we can utilize. You know, we, We've talked about taking our own personal responsibility about where we're utilizing our dollars, and I thank you, brother, for highlighting that for folks. I'll be taking care of that once the show is over today or tomorrow morning. We also got to understand that we got to hold the FCC uh, accountable, uh, for them get, making sure that they're doing a better job because they have an enforcement branch now, and they Except, need to be, except they don't have, they
4: don't have power over cable. They only have power over the radio. broadcast. They don't have,
3: the FCC only regulates broadcast, not cable. Right. Yeah, and I was that's, speaking that's, in the broader that's, context that's, that's, of all that's, these that's, different, uh, media, uh, forms that are out there, you know, whether it's on the radio or a number of others, um, that we need to be taking a comprehensive set of actions. Uh, to address what's going on and then of course the advertising aspect that we talked about but it comes down to understanding the game and understanding what their ultimate goal is and we've been talking about power we've been talking about money and we've been talking about also how they're trying to make sure that they institutionalize the republican platform you know and all the things that happen inside
11: of our country demario well, again, I mean, I'm, I'm a broken record on this deal. We just got to use our, our, everything we can to push our elected leaders. I want to see civil rights organizations. I want to see bis- black business organizations. I want to see black athletes putting pressure at the top President Biden, he's the president of the United States of America. He came to Tulsa last year for a centennial. He made promises that have not been kept. He talked about hate and hate can never win. But hate is winning right now, because hate has always won in America. White supremacy has been reigning supreme only the times that we've beaten it back. We've been very specific when we had very strong leadership from the top. I always say this, that the greatest uh, president... To me, in the history for Black people, was Lyndon Baines Johnson, and many reasons why he did what he did. But he was very clean, clear, and concise about what he was trying to do and the positions he took. We need that from the top. We need the president to call people out by name. We need the president to call upon congressional leaders to get out, to kick out the white supremacists out of Congress. We need the president to hey, if the FEC doesn't have FCC doesn't have the jurisdiction over cable news, then hey, we need a bill for that. Let's utilize the tools that we have. We need the Department of Justice uh, Right Supremacy Task Force to have doubled our resources, tripled our resources, sue these people out of, the, out of, out of, out of existence. How can you have a Confederate History Month? I mean, listen, this is ridiculous. We got Confederate history months going on right now in Mississippi and Alabama, and no one is saying anything about that from a federal level. This is ridiculous. We are dying each and every day because we lose focus on these leaders and they refuse to do what they can do. (coughs) Do what they can do. That is my mantra tonight.
4: Well, again, uh, I I need our people to understand... Battle ...that you are in the midst of if we're going to, uh, uh, to wage this war. And so that's what has to happen. Uh, and so this is why, uh, and, and now people understand. And, and I really now hope people understand how I've walked through this thing, why I'm so adamant about fighting for advertising dollars for black-owned media, why I'm so adamant about having independent black-owned media. Because, folks, I look, y'all, this is what I've done since I was 14 years old. Okay? There are athletes out there. They've been bouncing the basketball since they were a kid, and they're now in the NBA. Well, hell, it's the exact same thing. I've done nothing else since I was 14 years old. When you understand the media apparatus, when you understand the game, then you realize what's going on. This is why they are able to sh- to drive things. I mean, I, I'll i give you a perfect example. Just so y'all can understand why it's important to support this show, and, and I, I'm always calling out media I because they do this all the time. They do this all the time. So if you, if, you go to their, uh, if you go to their site, so this is gonna crack y'all up. So I'm on Mediaite right now. Okay, switch please. Okay, I'm on Mediaite right now. So this is their top story, okay? So if you go down, Mediaite. So they have all of these stories on their website. And so they have this story right down here that says, CNN reporter says white Americans have to come to terms with their racism. Okay, that, that, that's, that's what they wrote. Now, I sent them a tweet, and I said, wow, Mediaite, hell, we been said that. In fact, <laughs> we said it last week. We said it Monday. We had 10 Wise on Friday and Monday. Really? Y'all just figured that out? Now, let me explain why I, why I said that. Because Mediaite, they only pay attention to mainstream media. So when CNN says it, oh, all of a sudden you see a clip, like, oh wow, CNN reporter says white Americans have to come to terms with their racism. We've been ahead of them. Hell, we've been saying that for a very long time. Do you see media writing those stories up saying what we will on Rolling Stone unfiltered on the Black Star Network? Nope. Nope. And so this is how these third-party sites further reinforce what you see on mainstream media. So it's not just we're, we're up against MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, ABC, NBC, CBS, then the whole media e- ecosystem. Y'all, I, 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 I told y'all, three different publicists, we will be four years old on September 4th, 2022. Not a single mainstream Media reporter has done a story on our success with this show. And <laughs> they're not. Not one. Quibi raised a billion and a half dollars, went out of business in six months, wasn't even profitable. Tons of stories. I can show, I, we can go down the line. Black News Channel. Big old piece in the LA Times, big old piece in the Wall Street Journal. They ass bankrupt, broke, was making $8 million a year, spending $25 million a year. We're profitable, we've been growing, we black owned, no story. Now y'all understand what you're up against. What you're dealing with is, you're dealing with folks because we are a threat to that system. When you're trying to create an alternative voice, an independent voice, a voice that they don't control, then we become a threat. And that's why we are so diligent and focused in terms of what we're trying to build because I understand the power of media and how you can cause minds to be changed and shifted. And so people don't, see, a lot of us just go, yeah, okay, man, we see y'all on the show. No, 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 trust me. When someone sees a clip on this show and sees a conversation, what they're doing, they are hearing something that is different than what they're hearing other places. I've had folks walk up to me, white folks, black folks, walk up to me saying, man, I'm hearing stuff I don't get anywhere else. Y'all better understand what we're doing. This is about countering what they're doing because if you got to depend upon CNN and Fox News and MSNBC from, for what's happening in our community, we're gonna be lost as all get out. That's why, that, that, that's why it says right there, right there, y'all. It says clear as day, uh, the nation's first black newspaper, Freedom's Journal. Uh, why it says right here on this mural, uh, right here, Freedom's Journal, we wish to plead our own cause too long have others spoken for us. This is in the third paragraph of the nation's first black newspaper on March 16, 1827. This is why we have it in the mural in here. And so we just need you to understand why your support for this show matters, why it matters for you to uh, support what we do. Uh, we're gonna go to a break. Uh, we need you to download the Black Star Network app, of course, all available platforms. Why are we trying to get to 50,000 downloads, 100,000 downloads? 500,000 downloads because we completely control it. Yes, we're on and again I appreciate y'all giving on YouTube But y'all if you give to us on YouTube We only get 55 cents of every dollar so if you give us $20. We only we ain't getting the full 20 Okay, they gonna keep 45% of your money. Okay, and so the reason we're pushing the app and yes, we're on YouTube yes we're on facebook yes we're on these platforms but i need to understand we still are then beholden to what they are saying and doing on the platforms so if we're able so right now we've got more almost three thousand people watching live on youtube right now well if we're able to build the black star network app and have three to four and five thousand watching over there then we can be able to drive our revenue uh, in, a, in a whole different way. And so uh, I want y'all to download the app, tell your friends, tell everybody to do so, uh, because it's important when we do that. Uh, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung, uh, Smart TV as well. And so please uh, download on all of those platforms. And when, when I'm telling you, uh uh, how these things are going i'm trying to show you right now because because y'all think i'm lying facebook is deliberately suppressing our numbers matter of fact i'm looking on here i'm trying to pull up are we even live on facebook right now see see i told y'all okay perfect example i'm trying to look for us on facebook right now facebook is blocking us We've been averaging only two to three hundred uh, uh, views a day on Facebook, even though I got 1.3 million uh, followers on Facebook, because what Facebook wants to do, they want me to pay to boost to the people who already follow me. Y- y'all got to understand the media game. That's what they're doing. Uh, and so uh, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. So look, we're not even on Facebook right now. We literally are not live on Facebook right now. We're not live, and the crazy thing is, we didn't play anything to get blocked. Huh, I wonder what's up with that Facebook. So, that's why the dollars matter. They matter, folks. Please join our Breena Funk Fan Club, where every dollar you give goes to support this show. You want to send a check or money order uh, to send to PO Box 57196, Washington DC two zero zero three seven 196 Cash App is dollar sign RM unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin unfiltered. Venmo is RM unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin dot com. Rolling at rolling uh, We'll be right back. Hmm. Why is it so hard to see Panther? What? Wow. The deal. Wow. I mean, if you go to Amazon, I think I tried. Man. So I have a collection of. of That's
1: of, a hard movie. A they charge you three hundred dollars on Amazon. I was like,
9: I'm not about to pay no four hundred
4: dollars yeah. for a VHS copy.
1: Yeah. What's the deal? Man, it is it is interesting, Roland. It is the movie they don't want you to see.
4: Power to the people.
1: It's funny. I made New Jack City. You can get it anywhere. Posse, you can see it anywhere. But but a movie that says that. It is not an accident that we medicated the black communities right around the time when they were getting militant, when you had the Panthers starting to organize, the people starting to vote and march on Washington. We, we let these communities get medicated. In fact, that comes up in The Godfather, you know, where they say, as long as it stays in the mm-hmm. black communities. So we asked the question, they tried to say, ask us questions, I asked them the, the reporters when we did, I said, listen, why is it a 13-year-old boy in the hood can find a, a way to buy a gun, some liquor, or church, or some crack, and yet you can't find them to arrest those people. You can't arrest that deal. Why is that?
10: Hi, I'm Teresa Griffin. Hi, my name is LaToya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. <sighs>
4: from Matthews, North Carolina since April 18th. The 13-year-old is 5 feet 2 inches tall, weighs 155 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Carissa Curry should call the Charlotte Mecklenburg North Carolina Police Department at 704-336-7600, 704-336-7600. In Tennessee, a Knoxville cop lied about his reason for arresting a black college student. And Last August Trinity Clark was tackled assaulted and left topless by officer Joseph Roberts This is the video right here the arrest video uh, go ahead and run it. I'm gonna talk over it folks uh, Trinity Clark uh, was charged with six criminal charges including a felony charge of evading arrest after reviewing the evidence a Judge dismissed all of the charges judge Tony Stansberry called the incident disturbing the former officer Joseph Roberts faces criminal charges in an unrelated case where he's accused of lying about starting a high-speed chase that ended in a crash injuring three people. Look at this video.
9: Bro, bro, my titties are out, bitch!
4: Her breast uh, she was yelling uh, cover up. and again this cop straight up lied lied and uh, the judge uh, blasted him let's go to louisiana but three former louisiana state troopers face excessive charges for beating a black man in 2020 jacob brown dakota DeMoss, and george cam harper accused of beating antonio harris during a traffic stop uh, the ex-state troopers are, are on video slapping punching and kneeing harris in his back even though he was not resisting the officers exchanged text messages saying Harris would have nightmares about the incident. Hmm. Now they have nightmares,
11: Demario. Man, I'm telling you, Roland, I'm already in a real difficult <coughs> headspace with the images from Buffalo, and you know, seeing that young lady being uh, humiliated like that—it's yeah, just—it's just getting so overwhelming. And this is again why I've just continued to be a broken record on this deal. The DOJ. Department of Justice needs to be coming in on all these cases, filing charges, and prosecuting these people to the fullest extent of the law. Stop utilizing the excuse that we don't know if we can win. Stop utilizing the excuse that we don't want to get involved in state-based or state charges. Utilize the awesome power of the federal government. Look, Roland and Teresa and Mustafa, I'm tired of seeing billions of dollars and everything going over to Ukraine while our communities are under attack each and every day, and nothing is being done. These politicians... The president on down, have the ability, the power to provide resources and policies and laws and enforcement mechanisms that could save our lives and make our lives better. And they're refusing to do it. We have to continually say that to them. Everybody, every civil rights leader, every athlete, everyone that's in this space pushing needs to have the same mantra. Utilize the power that you have to make our lives better. That officer and that police department should be placed under investigation by the DOJ and sued. The story, I read the story that you sent over, Roland. They, his superiors, which I see this all the time in my own practice, his superiors watched the video and they said, hey, that was within policy. You could have just used less uh, bad language. So all of these people should be investigated and, 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 and charged and sued and given the most maximum uh, prosecutions possible. Can't hear you, Roland.
4: I can keep talking if you want me to, though. (laughs) I didn't want to sit here and cough into the microphone, but we are seeing actions by DOJ. For instance, uh, former Indiana police officer pleads guilty uh, to civil rights offense following assault on arrestee and falsified report. This is is what came down uh, on Friday. 31-year-old cop Jeremy Gibson uh, in the Muncie Police Department. Also uh, here, a uh, former Indiana uh, deputy uh, sentenced to 18 months in prison for assaulting inmate inside the Marion County Jail. That also came down on Friday. In the last one, uh, a, a former Florida police sergeant sentenced for sex crimes against three women uh, as well. And so uh, we we have we are we are seeing a far more aggressive Department of Justice Civil Rights Division uh, under uh, Christian Clark. Uh, it's a lot now in terms of what's happening on the criminal side. Not quite sure, uh, but but again, what people have to understand. During the Trump administration, uh, Mustafa, Jeff Sessions and Bill Barr made it perfectly clear. They were pulling back on everything. They literally said that consent decrees were hurting the morale of police officers. And so that was no effort to hold cops or correction officials responsible for
3: any of their misdeeds. Yep. I was just going to say they cut resources and they also began to redefine policy. Um, which plays out in the prioritization of many of these types of uh, actions that we wanted to see happen. So this Department of Justice is doing a better job. But as DeMario said, we want to make sure that there's additional resources and staff and and that the enormity of the job they already have, that they're being able to meet the demand that's out there. That's one side of the equation on the federal level. But we also got to ask the question, when you actually follow a number of these cases, and I've only looked at three of them, you also have folks on the state level and local district attorneys uh, who continue to plead down many of these cases for mm-hmm. these police officers. So mm-hmm. instead of them getting felony uh, possible charges, they're being, you know, taken down to misdemeanors. And we also know that if you have a misdemeanor on your record, you may still be able to uh, keep your job or you might be able to go and get a job in, a, in another area, another county or another state. Um, so we've got to really begin to unpack what's happening at the more local level as well. Um, and why there continues to be uh, this lack of focus on humanity in our communities and a lack of positive action in relationship to those who continue to do harm inside of our communities. Well, which is why, Teresa, uh, I keep saying
4: elections matter because we could talk about the federal government all day, but we have to be showing up and, and making sure people are running against these district attorneys because when we talk about criminal justice reform, it starts with the D.A., in fact, yep. the DA, before, before you even get to the judge, it's the DA, that person can decide what they charge, how aggressive they charge, uh, do they offer uh, adjudicated, do they offer, uh, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, uh, different types of sentencing uh, or, or reforms. And so we can't ignore that reality, too.
10: Yeah, because if we keep ignoring the reality that district attorneys um, that are in that position in order to do their jobs, in order to protect the community, I kind of look at the district attorneys as, uh, you know, the first line of defense for communities, for black and brown communities. So if there is an issue, yes, we're calling the cops, but then we're looking for justice. And justice seekers are looking for our district attorneys to stand up. And a lot of times we're just not getting that. Um, And I also believe it's a part of the team. You know, there's not just one district attorney without a staff of other um, counsel that is leading some of these cases. So picking the right team members who are on the same agenda as a district attorney is also another result in um, getting some of those cases to where it needs to be, as in justice served and justice delivered. So, um, again, I, I'm also going to get back to the uh, same uh, point that you hit on, Roland, um, where elections matter. And, again, you know, today, before the po- polls close in Pennsylvania, at 8 p.m., we now um, are, again, trying to vote. Um, well, not district attorney this time, but we are um, voting some very, you know, uh, elections that, that, that are serious on the local and state level. And so, you know, a lot of the things that people have been asking about, we've been asked about, you know, uh, more economic impact, more criminal justice reform, more equality, more fairness. And we can't do that if we don't go vote. So I'm hoping that the voter turnout has been high. But again, um, you know, we just can't keep complaining. We actually got to start doing something. And the power of the pen really does lie with the people.
4: Uh, indeed.
11: All right, folks. Dora, <laughs> right, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say one thing. I always talk about the federal government. Remember, I'm in Oklahoma, and it's as red as the red states. It's been Trump for 25 years, and black people are only 7 percent of the population. So that's one. And two, I just wanted to make the point that, yes, the DOJ is doing better now, but it went so low. If it's if it's at five and it goes to zero and then you take it to two, yeah, you're doing better, but you didn't even get back to where it, where it should be, let alone get to where it really needs to be. So that's the point I wanted to make.
4: Um, well, actually, I mean, I think this this DOJ is probably even being more aggressive than the Obama DOJ.
11: Well, absolutely, they are because I mean that's the that's a whole show we can do that people want to talk about. You know, the Obama administration was. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. It was not the transformative. Uh, administration that we all stood in line for, campaigned for, like I did, you did, and we were hoping we were going to receive. It simply was not. And the best example of that is the election or the appointment of Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court, and now the African-American female at that time. All right, folks. Well, you know what time it is. no
2: charcoal grills are alive. I'm white. I got you, Carl selling water without a permit on my property.
9: don't live I'm
4: uncomfortable. Well, if you want to understand how white domestic terrorists
0: are created,
2: Then all you
4: got to do is look at this story here. Uh, a uh, woman on Instagram named Carissa Nash posted this, quote, this kid comes to my door with a whip looking for my nine-year-old daughter, then puts a big-ass scratch on our Audi. The police came out and tells us it'll work itself out since he's moving soon. So when my husband got home, we went to talk to him about the damages done to our vehicle the dad tells the son to say he's not, he's not there. A couple of minutes later, he finally comes to the door with a gun. He almost shot himself and his daughter standing behind him, SMH. Here's the video. I have the video too, this is the after.
10: Boy, you better get your ass from off my porch, beating on my door like this. I will call the police. You need to leave. Don't you ever
6: be on my goddamn door like that. Go.
1: Your yes, son beat on mine. I need to talk about these damages to my car. Yes, sir. Let me show you the video. If you come outside and talk like an adult, then maybe we can figure it out. You coming outside? Let's
0: try to have a conversation. You come outside with yeah, because I saw the way you start walking up on me. We've already had beef before. We have it on video. I yeah. got my property.
1: Seriously, you know, I came over here with a fucking whip. Bring his ass over here again. Please. What
11: the fuck you Come have a gun. Come over here on my side. You, right here side here. you have a... Get the fuck
2: out of here. Fuck, fuck you, fuck. Bring your motherfucking ass
10: outside without the God. gun. No, no baby, get back. The oh, fuck my God. God. I'm... Oh,
4: my God. Well, the boy's father, Brian Thomas Brunson, has been charged with deadly conduct for reckless discharge of a firearm. and you wonder how these white domestic terrorists grow up to be who they are. That's how, Mustafa.
3: Comes from the roots. And that's what, you know, when we wanna make sure that people understand the true history of this country, the disparities and the impacts that happen, we're trying to root out racism by putting a spotlight on it. And when you see small children, they they have to learn these types of actions and behaviors. And it comes from their parents and their grandparents. And, and when you're not willing to address the fullness of what's actually going on, then racism is going to continue to find fertile ground in this country, and you will see it move from generation to generation to generation. And that's why, in this moment, something has to change. Teresa.
10: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Racism isn't, um, you know, something you're born with. It is something learned. Uh, the kid looked no more than 12 years old and bold enough to, you know, know what is right from wrong and what is a uh, white privilege. Um, and essentially, I'm not sure where he got that whip from, looked like it came from the bedroom, but uh, nonetheless, he did use it as a weapon. And then for the, you know, for the father to not even have, you know, the audacity to... Um, just respectfully have a conversation with the parents about their kid. It tells you the type of parenting. So outside of the charge, DHS needs to make a house call, um, to assure that not only that kid is safe, but he's getting the right attention where he needs to, you know, get some counseling for his type of behavior.
11: DeMario. Well, from a legal standpoint, this is something that we see all over this country, but Texas is, as you know, Roland, that's your home state. You don't have to have a license to have a gun, and it's a uh, and it's a stand your ground state. And so, even trying to sue this parent into the door with a gun, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere because of the, the, what I just named. And then, from a practical standpoint, it really highlights the difficulty that we're living in in this country. Do you call the police on this scenario and, and and risk police coming over and shooting you or beating you because you're a black person calling the police? Do you move out of the neighborhood because you moved into the neighborhood hoping to get a better place, maybe a better school system, so you move into a white neighborhood, but now you got to deal with these racist white neighbors? What do you do here? I mean, it's really, really difficult to figure out what's going on here. Obviously, the little boy was wrong, and and the kid and the the father coming to the, the door with a gun was not the most practical thing to do, but he had a right to do it. Family, I've really been thinking about what is their recourse here. They can bring a lawsuit. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. Do you call the police? I don't know. It's a tough deal. All right, folks. One more.
9: No charcoal
2: grills are alive. I'm, not, I'm white. I got you, Carl. Be selling water with our permit. On my property. My property. Whoa! Hey! And remember, you
9: don't give
4: live here. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. All right, then. If you want to know how to respond to white racist and you're white, this is how.
3: Hello, Hi. for Jackie, right?
9: Yeah. How are you? Yeah, you're like a white guy. What's that? Um, are you like a, a white guy? Excuse me? Are you like a normal guy? Like you speak
2: English? Sorry. Sorry.
11: No, you can get out of the car. I'm going to the ride. That's inappropriate. What? It's completely inappropriate. If somebody was not white sitting in the seat, what would be the difference?
9: Are you serious?
11: She said, wow, you're a white
0: guy. Stop. Bro. That's okay. I'm not going to take the ride. You guys can get out. Really? Yeah, completely inappropriate. Oh, uh, You're a fucking asshole. It's all on yeah, camera, piece man. Of shit. It's all on I camera. i should punch you in the fucking face. Oh you're gonna threaten me? Yeah. That's threaten, Yeah. Fuck you. Wow. Cuz
3: you guys are racist fucks. Dude, you're a fucking
0: asshole. Yeah. Fucking
7: nigger lover. Fuck you. Get the fuck
0: out of here. No. No, I'm calling the cops on you, man. Go oh, ahead. It's all on camera. It's all on camera. Big deal. you guys own the place? Is it your place? That's great. Everyone's gonna know. Fossil's last stand for black people, right? Yeah.
4: Fuck off, you. That driver is James Bode. Uh, people have been praising him all across the country. Uh, and uh, the bar owner, oh, they've been lighting them up, folks. Uh, the bar owner is was owned by a Jackie Harford. Uh, they have shut down uh, their website and their Facebook page, and she deleted her personal page. Uh, Folks have been filling up uh, reviews regarding this bar, uh, and uh, they have been exposed for being the racist that they are. Teresa, if you're white, that's how you're supposed to respond to racism in America.
10: Absolutely. I, I even, I, one of the messages I got from it was, you know, just even the interaction, like, oh, wait, the driver's white? Like, he's not supposed to be white in a driver, right? He's supposed to be someone of color um, that is in that position, because it's, like, maybe a, a below position. So, I, I got that theme out, but, again, I, I again, people are listening. they white people are listening, and they're taking action, you know? And, and, I, and I love it. This is the type of you know, action that gets you invited to the cookout. But I, I think more so uh, it's about the humanity of it. It's, it's about, you know, it, racism, calling it out as you see it and catching it on camera. So, well done.
4: The uh, bar's name is Fossil's Last Stand, uh, of Mustafa. Folks have been going to the Yelp page, giving them a bunch of one stars. It is, they've gotten so many responses. Yelp, frankly, uh, stopped people from being able to post. Uh, and Yelp said the business recently received increased public attention, resulting in an influx of people posting their views to this page. So we have temporarily disabled the ability to post here as we work to investigate the content. Uh, the site said in a public attention alert, while racism has no place on Yelp and we unequivocally reject racism or discrimination in any form, all reviews on Yelp must reflect an actual firsthand consumer experience. Uh, they are being swarmed and they earned it.
3: I always say, if you truly want to hurt racists, hit them in the pocket. There are other actions, of course, but when you hit folks in the pocket, that's when you get their attention. And the other part of it is, you know, you know, again, you know, thank you to that brother for standing up. You know, true allyship means that even when there's no black folks around, that you're doing the right thing, that you're calling out injustice, and, and that you, you know you're pushing back and standing up. So I, I appreciate that. I hope that that can be, you know, a lesson and a blueprint. Uh, for other white brothers and sisters who say that they are allies for our community of how they will handle actions in the boardrooms, um, in the streets and the suites. Um, and, and we'll see if we have more folks who are actually doing that, then things will act, will begin to change.
4: Uh, I'm trying to uh, pull up uh, this, uh, this tweet here. Uh, a lot of folks, uh, there were people who were saying, hey, how do we, you know, uh, don- donate to this guy? Uh, because obviously, because he's now gone public as well, a little hard for him to also drive up uh, and uh, just having some issues here. Let me just go ahead and read it. Uh, he said, guys, the, the donations, while I did use some of it wisely to get a solid financial foothold while I transitioned to a new, new line of work, I would like to donate the rest and future donations to a cause representing the victims of discrimination. I will do my research and decide accordingly. Uh, and uh, And because in fact, Early on, when people were responding, first of all, he's probably—I think—he's added about 40,000 plus followers in the last 48 hours since the story went public, um, um, and um, uh, and then he, um, then he—I'm looking at one of one of the tweets because earlier when they first started, he he basically said, "Hey, folks, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed to respond to Mario."
11: Yeah. I mean, again, this is what we've been talking about all day. When you have the, use the power that you have, the power that he had was say, no, I'm not going to allow you to ride in my car. And he used that power. That's what we want our elected officials to do. That's what we want our leaders to do. Use the power that you have. And the individual that called him a quote unquote nigger lover, he needs to be charged with, with um, a, a, that is a hate crime, really, because he's based on race and, he, and he, he threatened him with assault. And that is really deadly words to call a white person a nigger lover. We know what that means. We know many white allies have been killed, have been beaten because they were, quote, unquote, a nigger lover. So I'm so glad that was on video. I appreciate that, brother, showing what it means to be a real ally. And I hope President Biden and, and uh, Representative Nancy Pelosi and all other congressional leaders can look at that because we know what allyship really looks like. It looks like that video.
4: Uh, and it does. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We come back uh, real quick. We're going to give you some updates on some election information. Uh, of course, primaries are taking place today. Uh, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. And we'll give you some of that when we come right back on Roller Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network.
3: I'm Deborah Owens, America's wealth coach and host of Get Wealthy. Let me hit you with a few numbers. African-Americans spend nine times the amount on ethnic beauty products, and yet only own 1% of the beauty supply stores. It's an $18 billion industry. On the next Get Wealthy, you're gonna learn and hear from
2: a woman who's turning this obstacle
3: into an opportunity.
2: We literally
10: take you from A to Z on all of the things step-by-step you need to have in place to open and run a very successful beauty supply store. That's
5: right here with me, Deborah Owens, host
1: of Give Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day, right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network.
9: Ha, 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 yeah. Hey, I'm Antonique Smith.
4: What up, Lana Well, and you are watching Rolling Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, some early results are coming in. Uh, Sherry Beasley uh, has secured the Democratic nomination uh, for the North Carolina Senate. Uh, A U.S. Senate race, and so uh, that has actually happened in Kentucky. Charles Booker is a Democratic nominee uh, for the U.S. Senate race there as well. Uh, we are, are waiting to see uh, who is going to win uh, the Democratic nomination for the United States Senate there in Pennsylvania. Uh, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman uh, has been leading in the polls. He's had some significant health issues, had a, announced a stroke on Friday, and they announced today that a pacemaker and defibrillator were being installed uh, uh, in him uh, uh, today. Uh, And so that's what's going on there. You also have, on the Republican side, Kathy Barnett, uh, who uh, is a Republican. Uh, The Republicans have been going after her big time. They're afraid to death because she's been going up in the numbers. uh, And uh, as opposing, uh, of course, Dr. Oz, who uh, Donald Trump endorsed. And so we're looking at this race, a number of these different races. One of the races we're also looking at, uh, Erica Smith, uh, who is trying to uh, get the nomination uh, She uh, to um, uh, when it comes to uh, for the position uh, vacating by, uh, of course, uh, G.K. Butterfield. And so we're looking at that race as well. Uh, also, early returns, uh, Madison Cawthorn down 11 points in early returns. That's, of course, the crazy, deranged Republican uh, who has been acting a fool. Uh, and so we're watching that race as well. So there's a lot of different uh, races we're watching we're, go- we're gonna have a full report uh, for you uh, folks uh, tomorrow right here on Roller Martin unfiltered un- unpacking uh, all these different races. Uh, uh, you're there in Pennsylvania Teresa. Uh, what are you seeing? What are you hearing?
10: Yeah, you know what? It's been a very interesting time. Like, I have probably have been um, just so grounded with some of the folks uh, that are working on some of these campaigns for U.S. Senate. Philadelphia, um, especially Pittsburgh, um, is a... Not even a battleground state, but we are um, the the highest population right now in terms of getting votes. Um, So, you know, everybody's kind of just been encouraged people to get out the vote. They've been pushing the mail-in ballots. Um, But it does look like Fetterman will come out on top. Um, You know, I know he's had some health issues, but he's been pulling great. His folks are still on the ground while he's, you know, been um, underneath uh, in in the hospital. But it looks good. Um, And, yes, folks are really, you know, nervous about Kathy Barnett. Um, You know, the African-American woman, you know, I I know she was a part of uh, the insurrection. She bought some buses. She went up there and said she was protesting, but she's giving people a run for their money because she is saying the right conservative talking points. So I think those two are are really something to look at. And, of course, we have a whole bunch of statewide races um, uh, with a whole lot of Working Families Party and progressives. That is something that we absolutely need to take a look at because it looks like the Working Families Party slash, you know, also a Socialist Party um, is also uh, trying to make their way into Pennsylvania politics.
11: Oh, and so... uh, um, (laughs) Good. Go ahead, (laughs) Demario. I said, good. We need more parties, and socialism is not a bad word. We've gotten so tied up in this whole system of governance that have enslaved us, brutalized us, exploited us for 500 years. We need something new, period.
4: Mustafa, final comment.
11: We just got to pay attention to these races. They're incredibly
3: important. You know, Pennsylvania is one of those bellwether states, um, and a lot is actually hanging um, on that when we come around to you know, both this midterm and then the general election. So these individuals that are going to be in office will have the ability to frame out lots of the directions that will happen in 2024. So we just got to pay attention. and We got to stay engaged if we live in Pennsylvania. Call your family if they live in Pennsylvania. Make sure the folks are voting and make sure the folks are registered as we move toward the general. Uh, Indeed. All
4: right, folks. Uh, Also, uh, last uh, story here. Uh, Some good news. The Gulf Coast Athletic Conference has named its first black woman commissioner. Uh, Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes spent 16 years as Dillard University's athletic director and women's basketball coach. Uh, there she helped the athletics department recover after Hurricane Katrina, established three new sports teams and began an athletic endowment scholarship. She'll begin her role at the end of this academic year. So certainly congratulations. Uh, to her. All right, folks, that is it for us. Demario, uh, Teresa Mostafa, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Folks, tomorrow I will be broadcasting from uh, Cedar Hill, Texas. Uh, I'll be broadcasting there. I'm actually moderating a town hall forum with Jasmine uh, Crockett, who is running to replace, uh, to fill the position of Eddie Bernice Johnson. It's a, a congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson. It's a runoff taking place there between her and Jane Hamilton. I'll be, I'll be doing the town hall tomorrow. Jane Hamilton will be on a Thursday show. Uh, so I'll look forward to that. And, of course, on Friday I will be in Houston uh, presenting uh, to the scholarships that I funded at my high school, Jack Yates, Jack Yates High School. Uh, and so look forward to that. So I will be in Texas uh, for the next three days. Looking forward to uh, going back home. It's always good to be home. Folks, don't forget, if you want to support what we do, please do so. Download our Black Star Network app. It's important to- For us, our goal is to hit 50,000 downloads and then hit 100,000. You can download to your uh, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Mm -hmm. Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung. Smart TV, we also want you to support us in what we do. Trust me, your dollars make it possible for us to be able to cover the stories uh, all across this country. Uh, it matters uh, for us to be able to pay our staff, for us to be able to do the shows that we're doing. Hope you are enjoying the shows by Faraji Muhammad, Deborah Owens, Reverend Dr. Jackie Hood Martin, Dr. Greg Carr on the Black Star Network. we got some other shows uh, that are lined up as well. So in order to support us in what we do, uh, please uh, PO Box 57196, Washington DC zero zero three seven dash zero one nine six uh the cash app is dollar sign rm unfiltered paypal is r martin unfiltered venmo is rm unfiltered Zelle is roland at roland com. roland at roland martin unfiltered.com again so that's if you want to support us Please, that's how you do, do so. That's our only cash app, only PayPal, Venmo, and Zelle. If you want to use a credit card, simply go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com, and you can use the Square uh, app to be able to process your credit card uh, as well. Folks, that's it. Thank you so very much. I'll see you guys from Texas tomorrow. How
2: Zumo Play.